Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Ooh, hey, you guys thought I was going to do like a what's up? No, Mm-mm. tricked you. Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha. Um, what's what's up, guys? It's, it's me, your your host, Nick. This is Nick Stern News. We're on episode two hundred and fifty six. We're approaching we're approaching that five year mark, the real five year mark. It drops in May twenty twenty three, y'all. I don't I uh, imitating one of those you know noise machines. Um, Hey, though, hi, you guys uh, having a, a good day? Are you? Well, it, it's Wednesday. Did you know that? It's uh, Wednesday, April 5th. No uh, no April Fool's jokes. It's a little late for that. Um, April Fool's is kind of lame this year in general online, wasn't it? At least to me, it was. Um, I don't know. You guys maybe felt the same way. I'm not entirely sure, but it uh, to me it felt like... like Gaming companies and stuff, they didn't go as hard as they usually do. And it was uh, it was a little upsetting. It was a little frustrating. It's like, I, I want to be, like, wowed on April Fool's. I don't want to be like, oh, that's lame kind of a thing, right? Well, I don't know. So, you know, you guys are here for one thing, and that's for me to listen. Well, no, I'm not listening. Sorry. For me to talk to you, right? That's what you're here for. Uh... Anywho, you know, we got a good show today. I did see Dungeons and Dragons. I actually saw it last night, so we're going to talk about it today. I loved it. Spoiler alert. I loved it. Um, E3 was canceled. No surprise there, especially after uh, the big three and then the few after that pulled out. And hey, get uh, get this. Scott Pilgrim, he's coming back to TV. Not to the movies, but to but to TV. Um, we'll, we'll talk. We'll we'll talk about it all, right? Those those are the biggest stories, obviously. Uh, and uh, somebody once told me the world was going to roll me because you know I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, so I, I didn't believe this news uh, when I heard it. But it's been corroborated by multiple. I thought it was an April Fool's joke, to be honest. Um, Shrek Five. Is, is in the works, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later um, in the episode, so make sure you guys stick around, uh, as uh, just remember to, you know, like, share, subscribe, do whatever you do with, with things uh, on the internet, and uh, I'd appreciate if you guys, you know, followed at least, or listened on some kind of... Uh, place right you know you can listen in your browser if you didn't know this um you guys can listen on crazy crazy story right uh spotify amazon music right audible uh iHeartRadio, google podcast and apple podcast how crazy is that right that's like did you guys know those were things i i mean i kind of did but i don't know if you guys did but that's where you can listen to me on the regular, and if you're new, you can listen to all past episodes, um, 
kind of get a gist of, of uh, my vibe here, right, if you will. I don't know, I'm trying something new, obviously, with how I present the show. Um, make sure to check out the socials, too. Nickster News, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook even. Wild, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and check out my TikTok, my personal TikTok, The Nick DeFalco, because I will post, you know, previews of the show on the TikTok and uh, until it's it's potentially banned, of course. We don't know what the outcome of that will be. But why don't we stop wasting time talking about things that really aren't important? And, and why don't we get to the news, shall we? Well, well, well. It's uh, an interesting week in the video game world, that's for damn sure. Uh, you know, we always start off an episode with the video game news. That's really uh, the, the goal, as always. But this is, uh, this, this is very interesting. So CD Projekt Red had their second best year as a company. And they didn't even release a game. I, I, I don't know how wild that is. CD Projekt Red had their best year ever revenue-wise, and they didn't release a game. So their revenues were 18% up year over year, uh, including on, uh, so 18% up year over year on CD Pro, or on Cyberpunk 2077, and 94% of those units for the game being sold were digital, which is very high for a game, even in today's world. And, you know, the launch of the DLC is upcoming, so that was probably part of it. Also, Cyberpunk Edge Runners was a big hit, so I'm sure that fueled people buying the game. But that's wild. Their reven consolidated revenues for CD Projekt Red in 2022 reached 950 million, um, whatever the Polish currency is, or uh, 222 million US dollars. I wonder if that's Polish lira. Let's look it up, shall we? Polish currency. Uh, Polish zloty. The PLN. The zloty. I don't know what that means. I figured they would have used the 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 Polski zloty. I'm I'm not saying that right at all. Apparently it's zvolta. Zvolta. I I don't know. I'm not even gonna risk it anymore. Anyway. How about, just that's wild to me that a company that didn't even release a game, it's based on sales of an older game, and it just, it, it shot off from there. That's, that's wild to me. Good on them, though. Good on them. That means more money for them to work on whatever Witcher games are upcoming, the DLC for Cyberpunk, hopefully a Cyberpunk sequel, all that. So they're, they're making money, and that's a good thing. Uh, we finally got Games with Gold for Xbox for the month of April. They are Out of Space Couch Edition, which is a console version of that game. And then, of course, Peaky Blinders Mastermind, which is a prequel game to the Peaky Blinders series. If you guys are interested in that, just make sure you have Xbox Live Gold or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And uh, you guys can download those games on your Xbox. Uh, Netflix, which is starting to branch out with games on mobile, I think, and PC is looking to put those games on your television. Uh, so they're going to find a way to include it 
uh, in your when you log in to Netflix on your TV to be able to play those games. So we'll see how that ultimately plays out if it goes live or not. But keep an eye on your Netflix subscription or your Netflix app if you use it regularly. Um, here is, I, I kind of tease this at the top of the hour, but and, and in general, I mean, I think people saw this coming. This is somewhat old news at this point, but, you know, last week we talked about Ubisoft ultimately pulled out of E3. We knew before that that Microsoft and Sony weren't attending. EA hasn't attended in years. Nintendo does their own thing. But now, officially, EA or EA, E3 has been canceled. E3 has been canceled for 2023. A lot of different outlets are like, yeah, it's never coming back. Personally, I don't think I agree with that. It's like, you know, Microsoft's been trying to go do their own thing for a while. They own their, their the they technically own the naming rights to the, the theater down there that used to be Nokia Theater. Um, I don't know if they own it, though. You know, PlayStation and Sony have been doing their own thing uh, separate from E3 for a while. Like I said, EA's been doing it for years at this point. Nintendo just does directs. They don't really even go to the show. It, 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 it's, yes, it sucks because E3's been a huge thing for gaming for a very long time, but at the same time, it, it's better for everyone, I think, uh, and then these companies can kind of do their own thing, they don't have to spend all this money on going to a, a trade show that really was becoming less of what it was meant to be, uh, the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association of America, um, who uh, is the head of it, Stanley Pierre-Louis, um, like lashed out at the, the industry. But he said, quote, First, several companies have reported that the timeline for game development has been altered since the start of the COVID pandemic. Second, economic headwinds have caused several companies to reassess how they invest in large marketing events. And third, companies are starting to experiment with how to find the right balance between in-person events and digital marketing opportunities, unquote. He's not wrong, right? I mean, there there's a lot of things that go into it. He's also went on to say had to do with, um, you know, interest and stuff like that. And it never really been a pro fan event. And I know media people always complain that it's like, even if as a media only event, they'd have to wait like hours to play a demo. And ultimately, E3 trailers were always... Uh, deceptive, right? There's the long history of it being a vertical slice or in alpha or in beta and, and just a, a lot of things and, or, or them just being cinematic trailers, right? Obviously, the companies do that on their own now. They can do it from their own little internal studio. They don't have to host this big giant event and and, and it's, it, like I said, it, it, for me, it's complicated because that way I knew I could set my calendar for like, that week and every day, okay, this this conference at this time, this conference at this time, this conference at this time. Now it's kind of like all scattered about and such. Hopefully now they can all kind of take up their own weekend uh, at different times so that way they're not competing with each other. There's no more this like, who won E3? And it's like, who the fuck cares who won E3? At the end of the day, it matters of what happens down the road and if that company released these games or not. Because a lot of them were getting into the habit of, of announcing games that would be years away. And I'm not pointing a finger at anyone in particular. Because they all did it. They all fucking did it. They, uh, hey, look at this game. But 2025, look at this game. Uh, 
eventually, like, nah, fuck that. I'm over that shit. I know they're still going to do it at their own little, their little own conferences, but now, now it won't be like, well, who won based on what arbitrary announcements were made? So it, it's, uh, it'll be interesting. That's, that's for damn sure. But the death of E3 was a long time coming and hopefully the industry births something newer in, in the ashes of its death. So, what was meant as an April Fool's joke has actually turned into, like, a real game. But there is a new murder mystery game set in the Sonic universe where you can play as Sonic and Tails as, like, a, as a noir crime-solving duo. And it's called The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's on Steam of all places. Um, I think it was free on April, April Fool's Day. Um... But yes, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Who would have ever expected there to be a crime noir Sonic game? Um, Activision Blizzard is now going to be sued by the National Labor Relations Board. And uh, in regards to the case investigation that they had conducted. Um, in regards to the Communication Workers of America. And... They are going to be opting to file complaint charges alleging that Activision Blizzard illegally surveilled employees, violated labor laws by threatening to shut down company communication channels, and other things. Um, But the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, dismissed a charge uh, that they had violated Section 7 about shutting down a chat channel during an all-hands meeting. That has been dismissed. But... This goes back to uh, July 21st of last year. Employees had staged a walkout regarding Roe v. Wade. Um, I guess the CWA said that uh, employees were illegally surveilled via, quote, managers and security, unquote. Um, And the other charge is, quote, because employees are discussing wages, hours, and working conditions, uh, unquote. They were threatened to have cut off access to certain communication meetings. Um, If this, uh, of course, goes to court, it's just another in the long list of lawsuits that have been brought against Activision Blizzard in regards to their anti-unionization efforts. Uh, This will just add another national uh, group to the list on top of state lists like California and, and other things like that. Um... Ark 2, the sequel to Ark Combat, or Combat, Ark Survival Evolved, has been delayed until next year. Uh, They have, though, announced um, that it will be getting an update to current, for current gen consoles. However, uh, it, it has also caused some controversy, controversy, in regards to these updates. So... What was it? Uh, the game is essentially shutting down. Uh, Ark Survival Evolved. And there's now a new next-gen upgrade bundle. So Wild, Studio Wildcard uh, dropped this news in a community update. So it's a uh, survival. Ark Survival Ascended is the new, uh, what they're calling next-gen upgrade. It is a paid next-gen upgrade. But... 
Uh, this next-gen remaster, as they're calling it, quote-unquote, uh, it will get ported over to Unreal Engine 5 by the end of August. Uh, like I said, it's going to cost you as the game's old servers are shutting down. So people have been playing it for years. If they don't pay, they're essentially losing the game. Um, Xbox Series S and X and PC players, quote, sorry, quote, Xbox Series S, X, and PC players will only be able to get it via an ultimate value bundle known as the Ark Respawned Bundle. This bundle includes ownership of both Ark Survival Ascended and Ark 2 and will be priced at $49.99, unquote. Uh, on PS5, the game will only cost $40, but won't include the sequel, um, which they said they won't even release gameplay footage until 2024, and it will have two DLC priced at $20 each. Uh, they also stated that, quote, with the launch of ASA at the end of August, we will be taking down all official servers on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC for Ark Survival Evolved. At that time, the final save data is from the Ark Survival Evolved Official servers will be uploaded for players to re-host on their own servers or play in single-player non-deady, as uh, non-dedicated, as well as slightly earlier snapshots. Unquote. So, uh, as you can tell, the community is rightly pissed off. Uh, this is the strangest move I've I've really ever seen a, a gaming company make. Um, I, I'm I'm very confused by the whole thing. It's it's definitely interesting for sure. We'll ultimately though see how it all turns out. I don't think um, I really don't think it uh, will help them in the long run. We'll see how it all turns out though in the next few months. Uh, Pokemon Go uh, Niantic has announced. Uh, is getting more expensive, essentially, for remote raids, uh, and people are angry. <laughs> yes, Pokemon Go is still as popular as ever, and Niantic has announced uh, three years now since the a lot of the pandemic stuff they'd put in place um, are going away, essentially. So they're hiking prices and putting caps on remote raid passes, so they want you to go back out to playing it out in public. The way they wanted you to. Uh, in a blog post, they revealed um, that uh, they're adjusting remote raids. So, like I said, price increases, uh, rewards uh, are getting better for people who participate on, in in-person raids. Um, you, there's also going to be a cap now on them. So you can only do five remote raids per day. This will go live tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific. And I think they even made it so your remote raid damage is decreased as well. So, I mean, I, I get it, right? The whole point, um, the whole point was to go out and go, right? And travel the, the world, essentially. Uh, it wasn't meant to be played at home. Obviously, it's going to hurt people that are in rural areas, but, you know, it's... It's a little ridiculous. Um, I think I think people are I think people are getting angry because they've gotten comfortable and used to it, and and I get it, right? I especially for people in rural areas, I understand. But people who live in big cities and are close to you know places like that, they're being ridiculous. If you ask me, I get it. You don't want to go out. You want to just do it from your couch sometimes. 
But that's not the point of the game. The game was never supposed to be like that. And it, it's... I, I stand more with the rural players than anything because the whole time the game has been out, everywhere I've lived didn't really have a lot of places close, uh, especially where I live now. But, you know, a lot of my jobs have always been close to places, so I never had to really explore much. Uh, raids, also not as popular as they used to be in terms of, like, people gathering around in a space. But, like I said, I, I, I side more with the people in rural areas are going to be a little more affected. Um, people who live in a city or near a lot of stops, you know, go fuck yourselves, really. That's, the whole point of the game was to get up and go and not sit on your couch. What I will side with them, though, on is the, the price hikes. But I get it. Niantic needs to make money. They want to be able to keep putting out content for the game. They're slowly adding every Pokemon in existence. So there's, there's things that need to be, need to be done. And, and the, the one thing I won't agree with is the people bitching and moaning about, well, now I can't play at home. Okay, well, do you live in a rural area? No? Then get the fuck out. Asus has announced that they will be making a competitor to the Steam Deck. It will be called the ROG Ally, uh, Republic of Gamers. That's their, their gaming line. And uh, it is expected... So even though it was announced on April Fool's, it is a real product. You can pre-order it from Best Buy. It runs on Windows 11. It has a customized APU developed by Asus and AMD together. Uh, they're claiming it to be the fastest APU to optimize gameplay on the go. Um, like I said, it's not an April Fool's joke. It has a 7-inch screen, a resolution of 1080p instead of the 800p that I guess the Steam Deck has. Uh, it goes up to 120 hertz. Uh, the volume for its... Uh, it goes up to 20 decibels on load and 17... Uh, so which is 17 decibels lower than the Steam Deck. And no pricing yet on it, though. Pre-orders will eventually go live. There is a page set up on Best Buy, but I don't see a price um, as of yet. And, yeah, you can sign up for notifications. It's pretty cool looking. It's got white. It, it is white. Uh, offset joysticks, ABXY buttons... And, like I said, no no pricing as of yet, but the Asus ROG uh, Ally, and eventually available for you to play on. Uh, Street Fighter is getting another movie adaptation. Let's hope that uh, it's good and can follow, like, the Mortal Kombat movie that came out, what was it, last year? Two years ago? Uh, and this will be the third film to be made based off Street Fighter. Obviously, there was that one in like the late 80s, no, early 90s with Raul Julia and Ming-Na Wen. And then there was that Chun-Li movie that came out, what, 20, almost 20 years ago now, I want to say. Um, early 2000s. That's wild. Early 2000s is 20 years ago. God damn. Um... Oh, sorry, thank God. Ten years ago, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, 2009. Oh, God. Fourteen years ago, that's <laughs> that's a little better, but still. <laughs> um, 
Microsoft has announced a new uh, Xbox controller that you can now uh, pre-order. And what makes it different, though, and the reason I'm talking about a controller, I try not to talk about controllers anymore, but it is being made partly with reclaimed or recycled CDs, water jugs, and other controller parts. Uh, it is part of their Earth Day announcements and uh, Microsoft's goal of becoming more sustainable, essentially. It is called the Remix Special Edition, and it features, quote, recovered plastics with one-third of it made from regrind and reclaimed materials, unquote. Um, I, it's one-third, but still. It is part of their new sustainability efforts, like I said. It will retail on April 18th for $84.99. And if you're wondering, why the hell is it so expensive? It also comes with a play and recharge kit. So it is a play and recharge kit and a controller. It's got interesting colors. It's got this like matte forest green face. These lime green uh, triggers uh, and uh, uh, D-pad. And then it's got like a interesting tan sand color for the grips and then the back of the controller is a very like a dark teal if you will i guess that's the best um best way to describe the colors but i think it's cool i actually want to get one just because it is made from reclaimed materials uh, i don't think they've ever done that with a controller from from anyone really so it's cool to see uh to see that um, a new report has come out, uh, essentially saying what's going to happen if, if Microsoft does acquire Activision Blizzard. And, uh, this new report has found that EA is the number one publisher when you're counting monthly active users or MAUs. Uh, Ampere Analysis has run the numbers, um, but if Xbox and Activision do merge, they could essentially become the number one based on monthly active users. So EA has been the top publisher uh, across both PlayStation and Xbox since September. Uh, they started tracking it then, so that's how they know. Uh, EA has held what they say is 16% of the market share of monthly active users. Epic and Activision Blizzard have battled over second place at 9%, um, and almost 15% of market share uh, with Activision Blizzard overtaking Epic in October and November, obviously because of Overwatch and Call of Duty, uh, Fortnite leads Epic's numbers. But what's very interesting here is Microsoft has a, a 6% and 8% monthly active user share during that time, uh, trailing Take-Two, but Sony and PlayStation have been behind it. Uh, they overtook it just a tiny bit, apparently, according to Ampere, via God of War Ragnarok. Um, but even though, um, even though they have less consoles, they have more active users. Um, they also said, quote, in pure volume terms, around 35% of Xbox and PlayStation users playing Microsoft games are on PlayStation, unquote. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, so obviously, if they buy Activision Blizzard, they will move closer to EA, if not overtake them. Um, EA, though, is still number one uh, because of Apex Legends, Madden, UFC, Need for Speed, The Sims, Battlefield, and, of course, FIFA.
FIFA. Um, EA Play is also bundled with Xbox Game Pass, if you guys didn't know. Um, FIFA, though, is the highest monthly users by far. Um, but FIFA 20, of all games, is the one being played the most. So we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, and we'll see, ultimately, if Activision Blizzard does merge with Xbox moving forward. Um, and speaking of Activision Blizzard again, so we already talked about one new lawsuit that they might be facing. Uh, we've now learned that the Justice Department, the U.S. Department of Justice, has settled in regard to their lawsuit in regards to esports player salaries, which I didn't even know was a lawsuit. Um, so, I guess, uh, da, 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 da. quote, the tax was never levied and the leagues voluntarily dropped it from our rules in 2021. We've always believed and still believe that competitive balance tax was lawful and it did not have an adverse impact on players, unquote. So, oh, this goes back to 2021, that's why. Um, apparently... There was going to be an implementation of a competitive balance tax, uh, and it was designed to limit competition between teams by suppressing wages of esports players and fine teams for paying players above a certain threshold set by Activision Blizzard. Uh, the Department of Justice said that act that violated the Sherman Act. Why Activision Blizzard would set? It almost sounds like a salary cap in the NFL, um, but. They've uh, settled that lawsuit, so they got one win. Yay! <laughs> uh, if you guys have been waiting for God of War Ragnarok to get New Game Plus, it is now available. Uh, there's new armors. You can upgrade weapons beyond level 9. Uh, and if you would like to return to the world, the Nine Realms, with Kratos and Atreus, you now can in New Game Plus. Uh, the Minecraft movie... The ever-delayed Minecraft movie, uh, I think this movie was announced close to a decade ago at this point, and has changed many hands, uh, will now release on April 4th, 2025. It does star Jason Momoa, and it will be directed by, um, let's see, I think they just got a new director. Let me find it. He he directed some movies that uh, I could have sworn. Let me make sure I'm I'm talking about the first person, the right person. Uh, it will go against. What is this? So the Minecraft movie will be directed by Jared Hess, who directed Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. Great director. That should actually make the movie better. And then. Uh, the head of Starbreeze, the CEO of Starbreeze, which is the company behind the Payday games, uh, I guess someone asked him about if they would ever make a, a movie or a TV show, and he actually said it's it's not out of the cards. Uh, he said it would be able to expand on the characters and things like that, and he would be very open to making uh, or to uh, allowing the IP to be made into a, a movie or a um, uh, into a movie or or uh, TV show, if you guys are big Payday fans. But uh, that's it for gaming news. Let's head on over to TV land, shall we? 
So, uh, today actually happens to be First Contact Day, uh, Star Trek Day. Essentially, well, well, one of the Star Trek days. There's two in a year. Uh, what reason? I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's just funny that it lands today. Anyway, it, uh, uh, the only major news, uh, other than what we talked about last week to come out after that, was the Starfleet Academy show had been greenlit, greenlit as well. Uh, this will be essentially a spinoff of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, it will be set in the 32nd century, which is the farthest we have been in the Star Trek timeline now. Uh, if you guys are not aware, Star Trek Discovery did go into the future several seasons ago. Um, it will be based around the new, newly uh, re-established Starfleet Academy. I'm sure we'll get crossover with characters from Discovery. Uh, no word on when this show will air. Probably sometime in, in 2025 at the earliest, if not a late 2024. Uh, the, uh, I, I talked about this at the top of the hour as well. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World will be getting an anime adaptation on Netflix. Uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, the creator of Scott Pilgrim, uh, and uh, along with several producers, including... Um, why can't I think of the director of Scott Pilgrim, um, who also directed Hot Fuzz and... I don't know why I'm struggling right now. I'm very... Uh, Edgar Wright. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Edgar Wright, Brian Lee O'Malley announced the Netflix anime adaptation of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World will feature the original uh, cast of the film portraying their respective characters in the anime. So uh, what that means is Michael Sarah's back as Scott Pilgrim. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is back as Ramona Flowers, Aubrey Plaza, Kieran Culkin, Chris Evans, Brie Larson, uh, Ellen Wong. They're, they're all back. Even um, Jason Schwartzman, like I said, Brandon Routh, all of them are back. Uh, this is probably the coolest news I've seen in a long time because it's just it's nice to hear that they can, you know be in the movie uh, or in the show and it will have it will allow some uh I, obviously it doesn't make the most sense but it will allow for some more fans to enjoy it in a different medium and i think it will bring in more people to watch the anime as well so ultimately this is probably some of the best news i've heard i'm very excited like i said and I'm, I'm happy that they were able to get everyone back. And that's probably why it took them so long to get it off the ground. Um, but it's great news for people who are fans of Scott Pilgrim. And the movie is actually one of my favorite movies. Um, the HBO show Welcome to Derry, which is a prequel to It, uh, will not see the return of Bill Skarsgård. He is not returning to play Pennywise the Clown. Uh, so they're going to have to find someone new. Disney, Marvel, and Disney Plus have uh, released a new trailer for Secret Invasion, the show starring Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. Uh, we also found out about who Amelia Clark will be playing. Uh, she will be playing the daughter of Talos. Talos, of course, played by Ben Mendelsohn. He is a scroll, uh, and they'll be going up against the Super Scrolls. So yes, uh, June 21st, 
is a Wednesday. That is when the first episode of Secret Invasion will drop. Uh, we also got to learn more about Phoebe, uh, not Phoebe Wallers. Um, oh man, why am I, I'm forgetting everyone's names today. We, we learned about Olivia Coleman's character. She will be playing uh, like a high-ranking MI6 uh, agent. Uh, of course, Martin Freeman is in it as well. Uh, Kingsley Ben Adair, Adair will be playing the villain. Um, funnily enough, he's actually in the Barbie movie as, as well. But th we'll talk about that in a minute too. But Secret Invasion is being called a miniseries, so it doesn't look like it'll get multiple seasons. Uh, Colby Smulders is returning as Agent Maria Hill as well. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed for a, a, a scene with Julia Louis-Dreyfus's um, character as well. And let the speculation abound now for who is playing a scroll. Um, HBO is looking at a new potential Game of Thrones prequel series. This time it would be about Aegon's Conquest, which takes place... I want to say like 200 years even before House of the Dragon, maybe a little less. Um, you know what? If they can finally put the Black Dread on screen, I think everyone will be happy. Um, but that's another prequel Game of Thrones show potentially coming to HBO. Uh, speaking of fantasy, Rings of Power faced a short delay last week. When the set burst into flames, luckily no one was hurt, no dam major damage, uh, they were able to resume filming. It's not like when the Game of Thrones set burned down, which literally had to be rebuilt from the ground up and caused massive delays, but we'll see. Looks like firefighters were, put were able to put out the blaze and filming only stopped for about two hours, so that's good. Uh, we learned today that HBO was in talks with Warner Brothers in regards to a potential Harry Potter television series at, at uh, for HBO Max. This would not be an HBO production. It would be HBO Max. And they are in talks still, uh, HBO Max and Warner Brothers, which is weird because they're the same fucking company. Um, but uh, this is a via a Bloomberg report. Uh, it, it is near a deal, but... It's still not official. Um, HBO's near a deal. Warner Brothers isn't. Again, they're the same company. This is very strange. But what the, the plan would be, would be each season would cover a book. So we would essentially have seven seasons of a show. Uh, it would be, like I said, it would be a, a remake, essentially. It would be a television show. Um, Warner Brothers obviously wants to keep making money off Harry Potter, one of their biggest franchises. Uh, it's funny, I've seen two ads for companies hitting their 100th anniversary this year, today, one for Warner Brothers and one for Disney, um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, if this ultimately takes off, I, I, I would wonder though, how they would approach it and how close to the, it's always going to be judged against the films, right? So they'd have to throw a lot of money at it. it. It would have to be like on the same level as Game of Thrones or something like that. You, you, otherwise, people would be like, this is dog shit. So uh, if they do make it and they do base it off a season per book, that means I hope they can tell more stories that were left out in the films. 
Um, but but again, it has to be high quality. It has to be, otherwise it will be dog shit. Like I said, so we'll see. Uh, we've also learned, and this is not April Fool's. Donald Glover has had meetings with Lucasfilm in regards to a potential Lando Calrissian series. So that that was, I think, it was announced several years ago. Um, people really would want him to come back as Lando Calrissian. I know Donald Glover said that it was one of the favorite things he's done. Um, they were talking about it, like I said, in, in 2020. And uh, that was an interview with GQ he had about it. But no idea what's going on. Uh, there's, a new, there's a new report, though, that I, I guess they, they're thinking about it. Uh, Star Wars Celebration literally starts in several hours in the UK. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of news will be announced at their opening ceremony, which they usually like to do. Um, as we learn more about what's next in a galaxy far, far away. We also got a trailer for Clone High, uh, the revival series coming to HBO Max this spring. No official date. Uh, most of the original cast is returning. Uh, several characters, though, are being left out um, from the show, including Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, new characters being introduced, like Harriet Tubman. And then we also learned that uh, Cleopatra's been recast. So uh, be on the lookout for that. If you guys were big fans of the original Phil Lord and Chris Miller show from the early 2000s, uh, looks like they're coming back. And uh, that drops later this spring. Before we head on to Hollywood for, TV, uh, for movies, I do want to talk about The Mandalorian. Today's episode, chapter 22. Um... I don't know if I hated this episode or if I loved this episode. There were a plethora of cameos. Uh, it, it felt like a callback to the Clone Wars, not just because it featured battle droids for the first time in a while. Um, and it, it also was like a, a crime noir story. That's the second time I said crime noir about a different thing in this podcast. And that's very strange. It's a very strange thing to talk about in this podcast. Um, but Bo-Katan and Mando, Din Djarin, go to a planet because Bo is trying to reconnect with her former team, um, which includes, uh, oh god, so the, the two Mandalorians she was with in season two, one of them being played by the wrestler girl, um, anyway, uh, Cosca Reeves. And Axe Woves. Those are the, her two partners. Now they're leading a group of Mandos that have stolen Imperial ships. Things like that. Anyway, they go to this planet. Uh, they're forced to land at the city, which is this very domed city. You'd think it's a Mandalorian city. It's not. It's very um, futuristic, right? It, it, it's, it's odd to see in Star Wars. Um, but uh, Bo-Katan and Din are brought before essentially like the leaders of this planet. And they're, they're played by... Jack Black and Lizzo, which, like, did not expect either of them to be in Star Wars. I know Lizzo is has, like, expressed fandom of Star Wars and Grogu, um, but it, it, it's, it's Jack Black, who, I know he's a huge nerd and a, probably a huge fan of Star Wars, 
it's it's just funny that <laughs> he's playing like this very eccentric character, very Jack Black character. Um, I I'm 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 ex- I liked it, uh, and then after that they learn that the droids in the city have they're all decommissioned Clone Wars droids or Imperial droids, and they're kind of acting out because people aren't doing what they're supposed to. So they go and meet the head of security, played by Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, so Christopher Lloyd is now in two major fandoms. He's in Back to the Future, and now he's in Star Wars. Like, I, I'm still reeling from the just the idea that Jack Black and Lizzo were in it, um, and then Christopher Lloyd. So, on one hand, I love this. On another hand, I don't, because... It, it it Star Wars is starting to feel it, it's starting to feel forced, right? And bring more people in. And I don't always like that in, in movies or shows because it it can take you out. It can take you out of the um out of the experience. So I mean, the following the rest of the show goes really good though. Like I said, Bo Katan and Din kinda are these they, they almost stand-ins for detectives on this planet to find out what's going on with droids. Din is kicking super battle droids. They interact with some Ugnaughts. It, it's, it's fun. Um, the, the, the mean of the episode, though, is at the end when Bo-Katan essentially goes up against Axe Wolves to get back her Mandalorians. And then Mando kind of gives her the, uh, the Darksaber explaining... They don't have to fight because someone beat him on Mandalore, which allowed Bo-Katan to claim the Darksaber and use it to win. I get it. It's convoluted. But at least now we have an understanding of where the story's going. Um, Now Bo-Katan leads those Mandos. She's going to go back to the covert and lead those Mandos, and they're going to take Mandalore, I, I figure, by the end of the season... There's literally only two episodes left of season three of The Mandalorian. That's where we've gotten to at this point, and not a lot has happened until now. Um, I Mandalorian season three has kind of been all over the place. So I'm liking it. Like I said, I still don't know if I hate this episode or if I love this episode. It's very, very different. Um, it was definitely more like upbeat and fun compared to what we're used to in Star Wars. So, it's it's a little jarring, and I think that's what the, what the issue is. Um, but overall, Guns for Hire, Chapter 22 of The Mandalorian, is now streaming on Disney+. That is it for television. Let's head on over to Hollywood and see what's going on in the movie world, shall we? So, the Super Mario Brothers movie opened today. And in a weird... I, I, the reviews are all over the place. And I, I'm kind of ignoring like regular review sites for their reviews because they're not going to look at it the same way like a nerd site might. And when I say nerd site, I mean like Kotaku, I mean um, IGN, The Verge, Polygon, th- things like this, right? Uh, well, the Mario Brothers movie is 54% rotten based on critic scores. And 96% user score. So that, that, that should kind of give you an idea of where it lies. 
Um, I think it's probably going to be fun. A lot of people enjoy it. Uh, some people are saying it's for the fans only. I, I mean, I, I don't know where you might lie. It's going to be different. But uh, it, it's, it's, I can't wait to see it. Hopefully, um, hopefully I'll have a review for it next week. But Jack Black was being asked, uh, and he said, obviously Chris Pratt thinks it's going to be a new franchise. Seth Rogen says he's totally down to playing Donkey Kong for more movies. So that's a good sign if the cast is on board. I can't wait to see how the movie plays out, how he did, does, and what my reactions are for you. So stay stay tuned to your normal uh, uh, place that you listen to this podcast to see how I react to Mario next week. So now that... Uh, John Wick Chapter 4 has crossed the $250 million mark. Uh, we've also learned that Keanu gifted his stunt performers shirts with their death count on it. So however many times he killed them in, in the movies, he gifted them a shirt with that number on it. And I think that's hilarious. Uh, the Thunderbolts has found a new writer in Lee Sung Jim, uh, Jin, who also wrote the show Beef for Netflix. Um... He will be writing the Thunderbolts for Marvel. Uh, we're also we've also learned that Fantastic Four will be getting a rewrite from Josh Friedman, who uh, recently wrote Avatar: The Way of Water. Uh, so that's some big news on Marvel's front. Uh, Lilo, the Lilo and Stitch live uh, live action movie has cast their Lilo. Uh, she is a unknown actor. Her name is well newcomer, I should say, Maya Kealoha. Uh, will star in the Lilo and Stitch live-action remake. Uh, as far as we know, she will be joining Zach Galifianakis as Stitch. Um, or, we're assuming. He hasn't has his role officially revealed. Most people think he's Stitch. Uh, we don't know anything else, though, about the Lilo and Stitch remake. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons has won the weekend with $38 million. Uh, I loved the film. We'll talk about it in just a little bit. Uh, we got our first trailer for Blue Beetle, uh, the DC film that is definitely a different vibe from the rest of the DCU. We don't know, though, if, if it's going to take place in the new DC universe or the old DCEU, but... His suit looks way better than I was expecting it to look. George Lopez is in the movie, um, strangely. And it looks like Ted Cord is not in the movie. His company is. Uh, his old Beatles suit is. Uh, but Susan Sarandon will be playing Ted Cord's sister and the main antagonist of the film. Uh, but like I said, the, the, the suit looks way better than I ever expected it to look. Uh, the Rock at Disney's shareholder meeting announced that Moana will be the next film to get the live action treatment. He will be starring uh, again as as Maui as a real life version of Maui. Uh, no word yet on who will be playing Moana. The voice actress who did her, uh, Aulili Caravallo, I think she's a little too old now to play uh, Moana, uh, but she will be producing the film along with The Rock. Uh, Chris Evans was being interviewed by um, comicbook.com and 
uh, he was at C2E2 in Chicago over the weekend. And I guess he opened up about uh, playing Captain America. He said, quote, It's tough because, look, I love that role deeply. He means so much to me, and I really do. I think there's more Steve Rogers stories to tell, sure. But at the same time, I'm very, very precious with it. I become, you know, it's like this little shiny thing that I have that I love so much, and I just don't want to mess it up in any way, and I was part of something that was so special for the special period of time, and in a way, it landed really well, unquote. So essentially what Chris Evans is saying is, he doesn't really want to come back as Cap yet, but I think if there's a story good enough, he might come back and it might be worth telling because he doesn't want to mess it up. Totally understand. And Steve's not dead, right? Tony's dead. Steve's not. Um, and he can always come back in like Secret Wars or something like that as a different Steve. So we'll see what happens with Chris Evans as Captain America as the years go on. Paddington 3 has been announced. So, yes, Paddington Bear uh, 1 and 2 will now be joined by a, a third film in the franchise. Uh, we got our first true trailer for Barbie, and it features all the different Barbies, uh, all the different real-life characters, because we're doing that, and all the different Kens. Uh, we also got posters for all of them, which is now a fun little meme. But based on this trailer alone... This movie looks way better than it has any business being. And I'm I'm not saying that lightly. I mean that this Barbie movie actually looks worth watching. Uh, Margot Robbie, of course, stars as the main Barbie. Ryan Gosling is the main Ken. It looks like there's going to be some, some antagonism between all the different Kens vying for the main Barbie's attention. Um, and then it looks like Bar- Barbie somehow goes into the real world... Will, will, will Ferrell will be playing an executive of some company. So we're, we're doing that a lot in toy movies lately where they, they cross over into the real world. But again, this movie looks way better than it has any business being. Uh, Chris Pratt has opened up. Uh, I think he's on tour, press tour, for both Mario, obviously, and then Guardians 3 next month. Uh, he is open to playing Star-Lord again. Um potentially, but he's also open to joining James Gunn over at DC uh, for a DC role. So those are the, both of those things are not out of the question for him. Um, he'd be willing to do both, which is uh, fun news. Um, I'll take more Star-Lord. Uh, James Gunn has opened up about superhero fatigue in a way that you wouldn't expect from an executive of a superhero studio. And uh, to be honest, I, I agree with him to a point. Um, he was speaking with Rolling Stone, and this is what he said. He said, quote, I think there is such a thing as superhero fatigue. I think it, does have, I do, I think it doesn't have anything to do with superheroes. It has to do with the kind of stories that get to be told. And if you lose your eye on the ball, which is character... We love Superman, we love Batman, we love Iron Man because they're these incredible characters that we have in our hearts. Um, the key is, therefore, pushing these characters and personal stories to the... Uh, oh, no, he said, followed up with, if it becomes just a bunch of nonsense on screen, it gets really boring. But I get fatigued by most spectacle films by the grind of not having an emotionally grounded story. It doesn't have anything to do with whether they're superheroes, movies, or not. 
If you don't have a story at the base of it, just watching things bash each other, no matter how clever those bashing moments are, no matter how clever the designs and the VFX are, it just gets fatiguing, and I think that's very, very real, unquote. Um, uh, I am... I am very 100% in agreement with that because a lot of these movies, and that I think that's why ultimately Batman vs. Superman failed. Um, people didn't get the story. A lot of it was cut, ultimately. Same thing with Suicide Squad, the, the first one. It's like if, if the story is weak and garbage, people are going to hate the movie. Same thing with, uh, but then on the flip side, you have other movies that have a story, and I, I think people just, they don't realize what the story is. Case in point, 2014's Godzilla. I think a lot of people went into that movie thinking Brian Cranston would be in the whole movie. And it's like, no, you're going to a Godzilla movie, not a Brian Cranston movie. Um, but no, he has 100% of a point. Some of these big spectacle films, like, yes, they're cool to look at, but you can get bored if there's no story. That's why I keep pushing this idea of story, right? It's very important. Um... Uh, uh, that's what a lot of people said about The Way of Water, right? Avatar 2. It was cool to look at, but the story sucked. But it, hey, it's still made a billion dollars. Um, but this is where superhero movie fatigue starts to set in. When it, there's no substance. There's no substance, people are going to hate it, and people are going to be like, uh, superhero movies need to die. So that that's where we need to reevaluate how we approach the genre, uh, in my personal opinion, and how you need to approach how the movies are made. And that's why Kevin Feige kind of said the opposite. It's like people won't, he said in January, something along the lines of like, people won't get bored with Marvel movies. Because every Marvel movie is kind of different from the last. Yes, they're trending into more cookie cutter territory lately. Um, as this new phase starts. But I, I think they can kind of get back into the swing of things. Where each movie is a little different than, than the last. Or can be put into like a subgenre. Uh, if you will. Um, speaking of more superhero movies, we got a new trailer for Across the Spider-Verse, which is the second film in the Spider-Verse animated series over at Sony. And we finally get an idea of where the conflict lies between Miles and Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. But more Spider-Characters were shown off. Um, they did the meme, again, the pointing meme, which I, I did the... Uh, I followed that up when I saw that with the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Oh, 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 pointing and <laughs> at the screen. But I'm very excited for this movie. That movie drops in June. June is a stacked month for movies, folks. Let me tell you. Um, Ballerina, which is the spinoff of John Wick, uh, is has a new release date, June 7th, 2024. Uh, so they're going to start production on that with Ana de Armas. Uh, and then, here's a story of a man named Brady. No. Um, <laughs> Shrek 5 has been hinted at by the CEO of Illumination. Uh, Illumination, of course, is owned by uh, Universal Pictures, which owns DreamWorks, which owns Shrek. Uh, Shrek 5, with Mike Myers, with Eddie Murphy, with Cameron Diaz... Uh, they are looking at it, hinting at it, and even a potential donkey spinoff. Obviously, this is in the wake of 
Puss in Boots making a ton of money uh, over the Christmas break and being a very good movie in general, that being the first Shrek movie since, I think, Shrek 4. So uh, there's interest again in the Shrek universe. Obviously, it's never died because people love Shrek and Shrek is a massive meme in general. But if Shrek 5 is coming it, it and it's good, that movie has the potential to break records to be honest um in our final story before i talk about dungeons and dragons uh joker folie adieu uh, has wrapped production principal production so that means it is wrapped filming uh they will move into post-production now uh to get the movie finalized i think it comes out either this year or next year i think it's next year um but we also got two new images from the film shared by director, uh, from Todd Phillips, he put on Instagram a picture of both um, Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck Joker and Margot Robbie as I think Margot Robbie's playing Harley Quinn. I don't I don't entirely remember, um, but yes, that movie will now enter post production. Again, I still don't know why we're getting a sequel. Um, I hope it's it's good. Uh, that was a Joker is a movie I haven't really gone back to. It's a very dark movie. Uh, usually I can go back to movies like that, but that movie's it's not um, it's not really a rewatch movie, if you will. Uh, but that is it for the news for movies. Uh, I do want to end the show kind of here, kind of not, because I am going to talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Um, but as always, you know, don't forget to. Check out Nixner News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We do have a Discord if you guys want to join and interact with other listeners. Uh, you can find links on all our social medias, uh, nixnernews.com as well. Uh, you guys can follow my personal Instagram or Twit or uh, TikTok at the Nick DeFalco. Of course, on, on my TikTok is where I post show previews. And uh, other than that, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we're on all the potential places where you can find a podcast, obviously. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you guys are there to listen uh, if you want, obviously. Um, but thank you guys, as always, for listening. Stick around. I am going to talk about Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, though. So, I did see... Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among, um, Among Thieves yesterday, and it's it's my second favorite movie of the year, hands down. Uh, John Wick is number one, but but Dungeons and Dragons was a way better movie than I expected it. I, obviously, the reviews were amazing, but I was literally laughing, and I say I've said this about a few movies this year, but I was laughing more in Dungeons and Dragons than I was. In every other movie I've seen this year, like it, it was, in 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 a good way, right? It it had a lot of fun callbacks to like obviously things you know about Dungeons and Dragons based on meme culture. If you play uh, things like that, the the casting was was damn near perfect. Uh, uh, Chris Pine, I really hope they they get to make more because this this crew is this party is great and they play off each other well all the different characters like justice smith uh and and michelle rodriguez 
And they even could bring back Hugh Grant in a way. Um, his story in the movie is is obviously one of greed, and it 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 plays into why he's working with the Red Sorcerers, so or the Red Wizards, I think they're called. But everything is fun, and the way the movie starts is not in a way you would expect. Um, and the first off. Props to like the the puppet work because not all these <clears throat> fanciful creature races are uh, are CG. They're they're done with practical puppets and and puppetry and masks and things like that. Like the Dragonborn was really good, are really good looking. Um, Roger Jean Page is that his name? The guy from Bridgerton as the Paladin, my favorite fucking character in the movie. He's a lot like Drax where he doesn't. Uh, partake in colloquialisms um, <laughs> it, it, but overall it's a it's a fun story there's even a point where he's explaining like when they're trying to get the helm um, and he's explaining like how to cross a bridge and it's exactly like how a DM a dungeon master would explain uh, maybe something going on if, if you were playing Dungeons and Dragons um, a couple points in time, like I was joking with a friend, like, oh, they didn't roll a 20. Uh, it, it, it's, it's fun, though. It's, it's a very fun movie. The story is not your typical fantasy story. Um, you know, Chris Pine's character escapes from prison, needs to rescue his daughter, um, or reunite with his daughter. Turns out she's being lied to, corrupted. That sets them on their quest and get everyone back in their group so they can go to essentially free his daughter. Save her from the, the Red Wizards and, and uh, uh, Hugh Grant's character. But no, overall the cast, like I said, is stunning. The directors are uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. And obviously they were supposed to direct The Flash. Um, they've done the Vacation Reboot, which wasn't good, but they've also done Horrible Bosses and Horrible Bosses 2, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, they wrote. So, they, they did Game Night. They've done a lot of movies I very much enjoy. Um, they've also done some movies that weren't the best. Um, but they are technically getting credit for the Flash story, um, and, and, and they've done a lot, right? So, John Francis Daly, obviously famous for starring in Waiting. Um, and some other things as well. Uh, and Freaks and Geeks, he's most known for. He's the main star of, of that show. Um, but it, I love, I really love this movie. And I do hope, I do hope they get to um, make more. Uh, obviously, they win the day. They they're in a um, in like a maze type deal. That's it's more it's more traditional what you would think of Dungeons and Dragons towards the end of the film. Um, obviously, they they go on a quest throughout the whole movie, just like you would in a and D campaign. But it it's it's a fun movie. It's written well. The casting is damn near perfect. Just there, I have no complaints about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I, I, it's it's weird for me to not have any complaints, um, right? Because it, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch, but 
because I had so much fun with it and because I was laughing and, and a lot of people and the group I was with was enjoying it, it, it just it it made it that much better. And like I said, it's it's why it's one of my top movies for the year. Um, definitely give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves out now. And uh, that's it for Nixner News. Like I said, make sure to follow us on socials. Make sure to subscribe to us on, on your preferred platform of choice. And other than that, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.